Okay, welcome to Socialism for All. Today's date is January 25, 2024, and we are streaming live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash socialismsforA. We stream, I've been saying most Thursdays, actually been skipping a bunch, but it's been the end of the year and, you know, December, January stuff. But uh, anyway, we're back this week after taking last week off. And by the way, a couple of people have asked, Yes, I am sitting on three streams. I've actually edited two of them. I have one more to edit, and then I will post all three at once. But, um, yeah, I thought it would be a good idea to stream today rather than not. And, uh, I don't know. So what's going on with everybody in the chat? I usually do this before I start recording, but today we're just jumping right into it. Um, see who's here today. And... Somebody talking about civil war, something about Texas. Uh, I haven't seen any details of this. I haven't. Well, I did glance at headlines today and yesterday, but I don't know. You know, U.S. conservatives are so full of shit. They they've been talking about all kinds of stuff like this forever, and oh, they need their guns protect against the government or whatever. I mean, they're just. It's just, they're, they're all talk for the most part. What they really will do is they'll go shoot up a mall or a school or something like that, but they're not, you know, they're, they're really much more part of the status quo than they themselves realize. And so they just wind up serving as basically extra police in the end. They're not really against the system. They're just sort of jockeying for position within it at, at most. Okay. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, send me... I was going to ask you, since you're here, Timeline. Um, send me some more stuff in uh, New Zealand, and I'll cover that again. Because I was just... As I was editing the streams, um, came across a few things I had kind of forgotten about. I've just had a lot going on, personally, m much more so than usual. So it's been harder for me to stay current with uh, various threads related to the channel and what people um, send in and things like that. So Sean Fain of the UAW, um, sort of a labor leader that's been emerging recently, was doing great until he endorsed Joe Biden on stage yesterday. I mean, what else was he going to do at this point in, in the development of the U.S. left? I mean, don't get me wrong, the U.S. left needs to completely disconnect from and start fighting the Democratic Party just as um, they pretty much have already done with the Republican Party, but, um, you know, not <laughs> one of my least favorite types of comments in general is I'm not surprised. People leave comments a lot of time. I'm not surprised. Great. No one asked. Uh, but anyway, I know I'm making that type of comment, but my point is just, I think anybody observing U.S. left or labor politics at this point you know, we have no reason to expect anything else. Um, we would like to see it as soon as possible, but uh, not not really surprising at this point. Um, I don't know. The U.S. really has a lot of catching up to do. But despite that, Sean Fain is the best American labor has to offer, and he can come back from that mistake. Well, I don't know if he can, but the the movement as a whole will progress beyond this point. You know what I mean? I don't know about him personally. The COVID vaccine may be scrapped by the fascist parties, the ruling parties here in New Zealand. 
uh, New Zealand, if you missed it, um, has a very far-right government right now. Um, I think I have seen some efforts to, you know, make the vaccine illegal or something. Is that what you're talking about? It's total insanity. The, the amount of just irrational behavior going on in the political realm right now is really nuts. According to mainstream sources in the UK, rickets and scurvy, both of which are caused by basic nutritional deficiencies, are making a comeback thanks to the cost of living crisis. That's wild. So scurvy, for example, is a vitamin C deficiency. Um, that's extremely easy to get. If you're eating like any kind of fruits and vegetables, um, you're probably getting vitamin C. People always think of like oranges having vitamin C. Um, potatoes have vitamin C. I mean, there's, there, it's really found in, in a lot of different foods. And yeah, it can be destroyed by cooking, but um, it's not really hard to get vitamin C. It's also supplemented in, in a lot of different foods as well. So that's, I hadn't seen that. And then Ricketts, same deal. Um, you know, very, very simple nutritional deficiency. Um, yeah, I, I guess not very, very yet, but maybe that's on the way up. Uh, Tim, I wear a beanie because my head sweats pool has been conspiring about a civil war since the previous election. Um, I mean, they always just talk this shit. That's, you know, the government in the u.s is basically very conservative already and it's just never enough for these people they're always blaming things on non-existent socialists and uh you know they it's just it's completely backwards yeah the texas thing is definitely being exaggerated and typical w wwe type democrat versus republican nonsense to feed their bases yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you for the links via Patreon. Oh, well, the U.S. is already ahead of you then, um, defunding the vaccine so it's no longer free. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's already the case here. Yeah, the colonial nature of uh, Australia and New Zealand probably prevents a true communist party from emerging, and it's also like that in the U.S. as well. Yeah. Um, I think that also the kind of founding thinkers of Marxism and Marxism-Leninism not really commenting so much on the or incorporating the settler colonial nature of things... Um, of, of the U.S. in particular into the analysis, but rather just seeing the sort of technological progress and the establishment of a republic. Um, I think that was really underestimated as far as uh, how that was going to cripple any kind of progressive efforts. All right. Well, so we're caught up with the chat right now. I encourage people to start posting um but i guess i have a couple of things pulled let's get into those i'm not going to do like a full community post roundup i do that sometimes i would encourage people if you haven't checked out the community tab at the socialism for all youtube channel read that i frequently will post little announcements or links to articles 
on that. So that's another place that uh, if you want to catch things that didn't seem like something I should make an entire video about but did want to share, um, you can catch some things there. And one of the things I actually do post regularly, and I just put up um, a number of clips actually related to COVID because they were in one of the streams that I was editing and I wanted to get that up ahead of the stream itself, is uh, some COVID stuff. And here we see the USA wastewater. I had somebody ask, what is S4A's obsession with COVID? Yes, indeed. What is my obsession with not catching a highly communicable airborne virus that can compromise your immune system? You know, leave you with a disability, leave you with chronic fatigue to the point where you can't work <laughs> or think straight or enjoy your life. What's my obsession with that? It's so weird, right? Anyway, um, yeah, currently we are still in the second highest bump of COVID of the entire pandemic. So as far as all the people saying COVID is over, no, actually we are on the tail end of the second biggest spike of spread of this entire thing since late 2019 when it started. So um, not exactly encouraging news. What we saw last year in 2023 was a pattern that overall was very similar to 2021, where we started the year with a winter spike and then it declined and then there was a lull. Sort of, it, it held out in early spring and then there was a lull as we got into later spring and summer. And then in the fall, there was a bump it declined, and then there was a huge winter spike. Well, that's basically the same pattern that we had in 2023, except the lull wasn't as deep, and the winter bump wasn't as sharp, but it was sharp. So what we saw in 2022, I don't know if 2024 is going to follow the same pattern, but it could, um, was basically just sustained spread throughout the entire year. You had, after the big initial Omicron spike, um, there was a lull in February and March, but basically in April it started climbing, and then in basically the entire summer and fall through the winter, there were just, um, you know, the, the wastewater chart looks like a mountain range with two big peaks and then lots of other slightly smaller peaks, but just sustained spread throughout the entire year. Given that last year looked a lot like 2021, we have to wonder, will this year look a lot like 2022? I don't know, but uh, we are coming out of the uh, biggest spike of COVID ever outside of Omicron. So second biggest ever. You can see there on the bottom what it's like by region. It does vary quite a bit from region to region with the Northeast and the Midwest uh, leading, but even the Southeast down to Texas being um, extremely elevated. I mean, the Northeast there is throwing off the graphic quite a bit, throwing off the scale. But by the time you're at 700 or so, you're in a surge. And so you can see uh, the recent peak in the Northeast went above 2000. So it's throwing the scale off. Even the Southeast is at extremely high levels. So, um, and then it's gonna vary by county within that. Some counties will be higher, some will be lower. I encourage people to go to biobot, B-I-O-B-O-T dot I-O slash data, and you can look up your county-specific data, or if your county's not on there, find a nearby one, and that may give you uh, some idea of what's going on in your area. There's also wastewater scan. 
which officially has the government contract. I find Biobot a lot easier to read. But anyway, um, continuing to discuss COVID-related topics on the channel, I think less than we used to in the past. Um, and if you're interested in this, there's a COVID-19 for Socialists playlist. You can just search for it. There's a lot of stuff that we've covered over the years, particularly in like 2021 and 2022. I did a lot of uh, standalone COVID updates. But, you know, still getting comments on the channel. I posted uh, a clip of the Time article, uh, Time magazine article that we had uh, read in one of the recent streams talking about the reinfection risk of COVID. Is it dangerous to keep getting COVID-19? Indeed it is. Um, they're finding that people who have been reinfected multiple times are more likely, not guaranteed, but more likely to end up with diabetes and hospitalization and lung damage and heart damage and a heart attack and a stroke and different things like that. It's not that your risk goes up to 100%, but it's definitely elevated over somebody that hadn't had those reinfections. So anyway, that's what it was about. So somebody posted a comment that said, quote, since COVID-19 continues to pose a threat, we advocate for vaccination and masking, but recognize the limitations and risks of the position, unquote. So you advocate the vaccine, yet recognize the risks for question marks. So first of all, when you're using quotation marks, you should actually be quoting someone. That was not a quote. That was not what I said. You were paraphrasing what I said. And I don't even know how accurately because, you know, just if you're going to use quote marks, use an accurate quote. Also, it's not a crazy thing to say. So they said, so you advocate the COVID vaccine, yet recognize the risks. Which one is it? No, that isn't an either or, actually. It's uh, advocate. They say advocation or advocacy or recognition of risks. And... Um, you know, it can be sensible, actually, though, to advocate for something that has some risks, really almost everything has some risks, if it's to defend against a likely alternative scenario that has greater risks. So, for example, myocarditis from the COVID vaccine, everyone acknowledges there is a low risk of getting myocarditis from the COVID vaccine. But what causes it? The spike protein. Guess what else has the spike protein? The virus. And guess what releases the spike protein in much greater quantities than the vaccine? The virus. So I posted a study uh, that shows that they looked at the risk of getting myocarditis from the vaccine versus the risk of getting myocarditis from a COVID infection. And guess what? The infection has a sevenfold greater chance, actually greater than sevenfold chance of, of causing it. So those are really elevated risks. If you just get a COVID infection, it is way more likely to give you myocarditis than the vaccine is. And the vaccine, with the much lower risk of that, what's the benefit? So as with anything in medicine in particular, you're looking at the risk of a particular course of action versus the benefit. So the vaccine can protect you by priming your immune system against some of the worst outcomes of an infection, because if you're not masking, and even if you are, you know, you can you can get infected, particularly if you're not masking, your odds of getting a COVID infection, at least one a year, are very good. So then you're exposing yourself to the virus. You don't like spike protein? Hey, if you don't like the vaccine, you're going to hate the virus, because it has 
way more spike protein and it's just constantly mutating and stuff so you don't really know what you're going to be getting so yeah it's it's really odd to me and that was why the most recent video that i posted was titled let me get you the now doing quotations uh correctly here the exact quotation was if my youtube would ever load here critical evaluation of reasoning and evidence versus uncritical contrarianism in the COVID-19 pandemic. So, And I was addressing a particular comment in that video uh, where a commenter said, you know, ah, I question all the evidence. And no, I explained there's a difference between knee-jerk contrarianism, which just puts everything in the false pile, or just does the opposite of whatever is said without looking at it deeply and without actually questioning it, in a critical way, but just sort of uncritically rejecting everything. There's a big difference between critical evaluation of reasoning and evidence and, you know, again, knee-jerk contrarianism, which is uncritical. Um, so what do you need to actually be critical about information about health risks? Well, you need some background in health sciences. So things like biology, maybe chemistry, um, you know, if, if you're talking about the spread of a disease, something like epidemiology and so on. So you need to have some understanding of that. There's a certain kind of background of knowledge and training that you need to be able to um, evaluate things like that. So, like, for example, I'm not a physicist um, and I'm in particular not an architect. OK, so if I was reading like safety studies on buildings, I have no familiarity whatsoever with, um, you know, kind of detailed information about, you know, material science related to building structures and, you know, like whatever. So I have to rely on other people's expertise in there. And then, you know, how do you kind of figure out uh, who is who is a quality expert and, and so on? And, you know, there's a whole process with that. But you have to ask a lot of questions rather than just doing sort of knee jerk contrarianism and, and the amount of people who just don't know how to think about these subjects it kind of floors me every time um you know like this this person i was just uh talking about which one is it advocacy or recognition of risks that's not an either or and i don't know why you think that it is everything has some risk to it it's about risk benefit analysis in and then contrasting different scenarios with each other so in this case, yeah, the vaccine, like most kinds of medicine, uh, has some risk to it. And, you know, there's some people that, you know, this is something you should talk to your doctor about. It's like intensely personal. But there are some people that um, the state of their health is such they shouldn't get a vaccine. For most people, that isn't the case. And, um, you know, even for people who are in generally good health, there are still some risks. And they are can even be narrowed down based on certain, um, you know, traits that you may have that make you more likely or less likely to have a reaction of a particular type. Like if they notice that a side effect or adverse reaction occurs more frequently in a certain demographic than others, then you know that your risk may be elevated. But again, it's just um, the the amount of, of poor quality thinking about this topic is pretty amazing, particularly when you see the hostile attitude that is 
oftentimes bundled along with it. it kind of gets me every time but anyway that's where we're at with covid keep masking um while the levels are declining more sharply in the northeast they're kind of holding steady in most of the other regions or at least um, they may be coming down somewhat but not sharply like the midwest for example is still at like 900 and descending fairly slowly actually even the northeast curve it looks like it may be flattening out a little bit so wherever um, this curve comes to rest, as far as, you know, when it decides it has descended enough and then co uh, the SARS coronavirus 2 achieves its new sort of background level of spread, we don't know yet. Um, but it looks like it's not just dropping dead off. Um, so, you know, stay on guard. Uh, still high spread in really most areas. Anyway, a little bit of a COVID check-in. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see people protect themselves, not give themselves a disability. Uh, I had long COVID for almost a year. I mean, I think I still have effects from it. It got significantly better after a year. But um, that year was awful, and I had lingering health issues for even, I'd say the most acute effects of the long COVID lasted about 11 months in my case. Um, I still had lingering health effects after that that took about more like two years to get over some kind of immune related stuff. So don't get this thing. Don't spread this thing. Uh, it's, it's just a huge disservice to everyone. Um, all right. While we're doing sort of routine house cleaning, uh, weekly stuff, let's thank the patrons and buymeacoffee.com supporters whose names are on the screen. That's completely the wrong one. Wow. <laughs> Why is that even in here? All right, there's the correct one. Wow, that was wild. Patreon.com slash socialism for all and buymeacoffee.com slash socialism for all is where you can go to chip in a few bucks or more, whatever you see fit. Uh, names on the screen have been supporting for at least one month, but uh, as the colors go up, first yellow, then green, then blue, each one of those colors is an additional year that that uh, person has been supporting for. And... I love to see that there is a lot of sustained long-term support. I have had conversations through DMs with a lot of the people. Many people have sent in an article or asked a question. And I really like um, being able to sort of converse with the people who find this work helpful and who have told me, you know, that it's made a significant difference in the kind of uh, education that they have about the left and the history of the international communist movement and where the U.S. or whatever country they're in fits into that. So anyway, it's been great. I just started out wanting to do some readings and to vent a little bit and improve my political understanding. Here we are four years later. There's a solid community around this channel, which is now expanded off of YouTube onto all kinds of other platforms. It's great to see. But again, patreon.com slash socialism for all and buymeacoffee.com slash socialism for all. Tip of the hat to the uh, patrons and Buy Me A Coffee supporters this month. Okay, so with that said, um, I do have an article, a couple of things. So here's, here's an article somebody sent in. This is from Telangana Today. Uh, 35 security personnel killed in an attack on the CRPF camp. Oh, I've, I forgot to uh, figure out how to pronounce this ahead of time. In Chhattisgarh on January 16th by Maoists. So uh, the CRPF is sort of like a National Guard gendarme 
you know, internal um, combat force in India. And um, so, yeah, the attack was bef a befitting reply to the recently launched Operation Kagar Surya Shakti by the Brahmanical Hindutva fascist rulers to eradicate the Maoist movement and to the ongoing onslaught on Adivasis, said Pratap. So we'll read this article quickly. Um, and I'd like to thank the person who sent this in. I uh, don't recall actually who it was offhand. But uh, yeah, so this is Dateline Katagudam. The CPI Maoist Central Regional Bureau has described the January 16 PLGA attack on the CRPF Dharmavaram camp in Pamed area of Bijapur district in Chhattisgarh state as, quote, unprecedented. Its spokesperson, Pratap, in a statement released to the media on Monday, claimed that the attack was a, quote, befitting reply to the recently launched Operation Kagar Surya Shakti by the Brahmanical Hindutva fascist rulers to eradicate the Maoist movement and to the ongoing onslaught on Adivasis. The PLGA fighters, along with thousands of revolutionary masses, executed the raid. In the three-hour raid, the guerrillas fired more than 600 grenade launcher shells and other country-made grenades with rapid firings on the CRPF camp, he said. Pratap claimed that as many as 35 security personnel were killed and more than 40 were seriously injured. Prior to the raid, the guerrillas took the entire periphery of the camp under their control. The locals disabled the movement of additional forces by blocking the roads with huge tree logs, and the militia kept landmines to attack the incoming forces. Maoist commander Devalu, battalion member Vikram, and people's militia member Madkam Devalu were killed during the raid. Police officials, the state and central governments were silent regarding the raid and trying to keep the details of casualties on their side in darkness, he alleged. Police barricaded the total area, not allowing the journalists to cover the facts and figures of the raid. Thousands of police were deployed in Bastar Division, particularly Narayanpur District, to establish several new advanced base camps. In order to keep their morale high, the higher officials were hiding the facts, Pratap said. Another reason for hiding the facts was the newly elected BJP government in Chhattisgarh feared the opposition party's criticism toward its failure to tackle the Maoists. The center also feared that the attack might divert public attention from Ram Janmabhumi temple construction, he alleged. The BJP government was hiding the facts in view of the upcoming 2024 general election and to preserve its power at the center, Pratap added. So there, a little bit of a update out of India, and then switching to the U.S., where there is not uh, armed insurrection going on currently, but struggle is going on. In other ways, here's an article that's a bit encouraging, um, I guess, about the mindset of the average person, even in Texas. Um, the headline here from the Houston Chronicle, Food Not Bombs Trial Rescheduled After Too Many Jurors Objected to the $500 Fine for Feeding the Homeless. So if you don't know, um, in order to feed people publicly, you need all kinds of permits and licenses and things. And yeah, there's a certain public health angle to that. Although, to be honest, most, um, well, I don't, I don't know if most is accurate, but very many, uh, I don't know if it's truly a majority, very many licensed and permitted restaurants and other sort of official business type food locations violate some of the basics of sanitation. It's kind of crazy 
you can find online, um, just look at like restaurant inspection worst of or something. So look up something like that. You'll find pictures of restaurants where people were prepping vegetables, like literally the cutting board is like set on a toilet or they're using, um, you know, like a three bay dish sink to, uh, you know, wash produce or wash um, other kinds of food. Really, really crazy stuff. Also, just the amount of food employees that don't wash their hands properly or at all after using a bathroom. Um, it would it's kind of staggering actually when when you look at it. But uh, you know, so there's a certain point to licensing and permitting that people at least know what they're doing. However, um, for people getting involved with something like food not bombs, which just feeds people directly, it's usually illegal. And so this is a case where people were getting uh, ticketed and arrested, and they were trying to do a trial, but they couldn't get jurors to actually, uh, you know, who uh, weren't objecting to the $500 fine. People basically saying they're interviewed for jury duty, and they're like, well, even if these people, um, you know, even if the facts state that they did what they're accused of, I wouldn't fine them $500 because they're just, they're feeding homeless people. Like, the hell's wrong with you? Why are you trying to fine them $500? I actually saw one of the founders of Food Not Bombs speak live one time, and it's amazing what this group has been through as far as um, being slandered, and it's so threatening that they're just giving out food to people, you know, and of course they'll raise the outcry, the officials will raise the outcry about, you know, safety and health and whatever. That's not the issue. The issue is people reclaiming the commons and coming together. That's how fascist this country is. Um, that they literally just sharing food is basically illegal on any kind of a large scale. So anyway, 15 Houstonians called for jury duty filed into a courtroom Thursday afternoon. They were there for an unusually high-profile case for municipal courts known for hearing traffic violations and facilitating weddings. Three of the 15 would be selected to decide the outcome of a case alleging that a woman had violated Houston law by feeding the homeless without the city's permission. Now, you don't need the city's permission to watch people die on the sidewalk. You do need their permission to prevent that, though. Roughly an hour later, the jury pool filed back out, all 15 of them. The lawyers had been unable to fill an unbiased jury. And by the way, there's something called jury nullification, which is where people get on the jury specifically to, um, you know, not in, not convict people because they believe that the, the laws are unjust, etc., Anyway, too many of the potential jurors said that even if the defendant, Eliza Meadows, were guilty, they were unwilling to issue the $500 fine that a city attorney was asking, said Ren Rideau, Meadows' attorney. A few jurors were also struck because they could not stay late that afternoon to serve on a jury. Okay. The busted jury panel illuminates the potential difficulties the city could face in enforcing its controversial law through a jury of peers. Roughly 90 tickets have been issued since March to volunteers with the loosely organized Food Not Bombs, which serves meals to people in need near Central Library. The city has yet to win a single case. The one case that reached a verdict was decided for the defendant. City attorneys have repeatedly asked for the other cases to be reset, according to the defendant's lawyers. On Thursday, two other cases against Food Not Bombs volunteers were dismissed, said Remington Alessi, who represented the volunteers, because the city had not filed responses to motions. 
In an emailed statement, City Attorney Arturo Michel said that because a dismissal was in response to complaints of delays, there was, quote, nothing to read into the dismissals regarding strategy, policy decisions, or an overall view of the cases by the judiciary, unquote. He did not mention whether he intended to refile and did not comment on the failure to assemble a jury panel. It's common for jury panels to be busted when it comes to controversial laws and issues, said Wade Smith, a criminal defense attorney and partner at Looney Smith and Comrade. He pointed to murder and sexual assault as cases involving issues that a lot of people have strong feelings about. People who already have their minds made up can be struck from a jury. Smith's partner, Clay Conrad, thought the issue of feeding the homeless could intersect with deeply held values so much that those values could express themselves even after a, quote, unbiased jury is selected. He's written a book on jury nullification, which happens when jurors believe in the defendant's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. So that's usually the standard for conviction, but they still acquit them anyway because they don't believe in the law. Quote, a lot of times a jury will nullify the law while thinking that they followed it because they're interpreting the facts in the law in a way to get a verdict that they feel that they can be proud of, he said. At the end of the day, the jury has to decide... Is this person a criminal, or are they a good neighbor? I can see the jury saying, this guy is a good neighbor. And that's basically what's happening. City attorneys can choose to refile the dismissed cases. They did so during former Mayor Sylvester Turner's administration after previous cases were dismissed because city witnesses did not appear in court. Like, you're really going to take time out of your day to be like, you know, pointing to the uh, defendant's table being like, there he is, that's the man. I saw I saw him giving a sloppy Joe to some guy, you know, dressed in like shabby rags. Um, you re really so yeah, not not surprising there. Anyway, um, Philip Pater, an associate attorney at Solo and Solo, said that the city also had the option to drop Meadows' case if attorneys took the busted jury as a sign that it wasn't a good case to prosecute. Though he did not find it likely, the city can reschedule the case for trial once more with a new jury panel to choose from. When asked whether he intended to continue taking action against Food Not Bombs volunteers for serving free meals outside the library, Mayor John Whitmire told the Chronicle on Thursday, quote, I'm sensitive to the homeless issue. No, you're not. We will be addressing it in a different conversation. Really? Because that is what this conversation is about. But in the meantime, we need better public safety to encourage people to feel welcome. Yeah, people who aren't homeless. Because guess what? It's very unsafe to be homeless. So you're not interested in public safety if you're having a situation where people are going homeless because that is one of the least safe positions that people can be in. You're likely to be violently attacked. Uh, your property will be stolen. Um, sexual assaults are not uncommon and so on. So, you know, dressing this up as public safety. No, that's not that's complete bullshit. When speaking with the Houston Regional Business Council, Whitmire said people do not have the right, quote, to camp out on our streets and that, quote, activists should not, quote, interfere with sound, safe, healthy plans for the homeless, like ignoring them. According to a Wednesday Fox 26 report, it was unclear whether by, quote, activists, he was referring to Food Not Bombs volunteers serving meals outside the library. Food Not Bombs website frames the distribution of free meals to those in need as a form of activism against, against society's moral failings. And in Houston, they'd been doing so outside Central Library downtown for roughly two decades. In 2012, the city passed a law against giving free meals to people in need without permission. But then-Mayor Anise Parker's administration gave permission to Food Not Bombs. That position was reversed 
by former mayor Sylvester Turner. And again, you know, the current mayor is really interested, just give permission again, then, you know, everything's good. But the three Food Not Bombs volunteers with court dates arrived at the municipal court, which overlooks a police lot where Houston has asked Good Samaritans to feed the homeless instead of near the library at 8 a.m. Thursday. That day marked Nick Cooper's seventh time missing work and having to arrange childcare for his two-year-old daughter for a case that reset for a later date. When his case was dismissed, he stayed to watch Meadows' case. Now, why might unhoused people not want to be congregating near the police station? Gee, I don't know. Why would the city want them there? Meadows spent most of the day waiting for her trial to start and reading The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. That morning, she was told to return at noon for the trial, but the courtroom didn't open up until 1 p.m., and then the court reporter was held up in traffic. Around 1.40 p.m., when proceedings began, Erica Schwamm, the city's attorney, said that the city was still checking to see if it had any evidence that would prove Food Not Bombs had not received permission from Mayor Anise Parker. She asked to either exclude any discussion of such permission during the trial or to reset the case until they had time to look for mitigating evidence. Judge Imelda Reyes-Castillo denied the motion, pointing out that the issue of permission was given in another case about six months prior, quote, and so there would have been sufficient time. The jury pool walked in single file. A wedding party came and went in the hallway outside, heels and cameras clicking, bride beaming. Then the men and women, too biased about the ordinance to hear the case, filed back out. Quote, that was crazy, one rejected juror said to another. So, meanwhile in the USA, this is what we've got, people being fined for uh, feeding other people in need. And that's, that's the way it's going in this country. And, um, yeah. So, you know, as far as... Uh, the USA's readiness to kind of tackle the bad conditions that we're facing, I think things probably will have to get a lot worse. I, I mean, people in the U.S. could at any time decide that, hey, we've had enough and condi conditions are bad, which in many ways they are. Rights are violated constantly in all kinds of ways. And we could just have a much, much higher bar. The bar is set just insanely low in this country. Um, they're not doing it. So I don't know where exactly things are going to have to get. I've been ready personally for a while um, to fight for a uh, better situation. Seems like a lot of people are not on board with that. Um, and, you know, for the rest of us, it's trying to agitate, educate, and get organized to help bring it about where there are, um, you know, people organized and, and helping to bring this about on a, on a, quicker basis because I don't know you know what is it that makes one person decide that uh, they've had enough and another person to just keep um, dragging it out I don't know but uh, you know you look at the way people are responding to the pandemic for example and watching their kids get it sick with COVID-19 over and over again watching their elderly relatives you know some of the more vulnerable people um, getting reinfected repeatedly and still not doing anything. So I think when you start to see much more widespread action and, of course, a much more active labor movement, these will be signs that people in the U.S. generally are ready not just to have a correct opinion, but to stand up and fight for it. And that's really not the case right now. All right, anyway, let's catch up with the chat. Some New Zealand discussion here. 
I had to quit my therapist because she kept calling me dead inside for not wanting to die from COVID. You, know, you don't want to be disabled. Trust me, I've been dealing with walking issues for a year now, complication of HRT. And yeah, I can't do the actions I'd like to do. And don't forget the Rona. I haven't heard anybody say Rona in the longest time. Thank you. Uh, somebody asking about tech and gaming layoffs in the past year. I wonder how much of it is inspired by Musk's Twitter takeover and how much of it is capitalists trying to recoup money as profit rates don't match up with projections from the boom of the previous decades. Um, thank you for this website. This looks really interesting. Actually, um, there's layoffs uh, kind of in a lot of industries. I think a recession is about to start this year. And so there's been a lot of layoffs in a lot of different things. Some of it has been attributed to AI, but in general, um, prices are insane and wages have not kept up. And there's a big mismatch there. Like we've covered housing extensively where the housing prices are like, people are just frozen out of the market entirely. The number of house, house sales has plummeted to like, you know, 30, 40 year lows. Um, and it was not just housing, it's cars. It's kind of every major purchase. And we saw like holiday spending drop. And then even the um, holiday spending that people did do in the last few months, a lot of it was on credit and what, you know, credit card delinquencies are rising. So, you know, we're at that point of shrinking ground where the game of musical chairs that is the boom and bust economy is starting to see significant attrition. And once that starts going up, it tends to go up very fast. We haven't seen it spike yet, but um, I think that that's probably around the corner. Because what has been happening is unemployment's been kind of um, coasting to uh, a, a resting level in the high threes. So like 3.8, 3.9, thereabouts. And if you look at the unemployment chart over time, what tends to happen is there will be a big sharp spike where it goes up quickly and then it comes down more slowly and then it sort of rests and then it shoots back up again so that's i think the point that we're at but this layoffs.fyi looks like a very interesting site many people in the u.s don't protect themselves or others from covid at all my family believes that it's over even though that they're constantly getting sick show them biobot show them like it has not gone away <laughs> measurably it is still here you know, it's like that joke of like, is the COVID in the room with us now? Yeah, it is. Here's the wastewater data. It is in the county with us now. Yes, absolutely it is. And I can show you. For UK stats on COVID, they've changed the website link. Deaths and hospitalizations are up. Yeah, I mean, you would expect that this time of year. Um, I, I think it's really significant in the US that we're in the second highest level, you know, ever. The tech industry is also hype-based. When cheap loans stopped being available, tech started tanking. Yeah, so we have a situation with tech right now. So there's a set of companies called the Magnificent Seven. So Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Meta, NVIDIA, uh, I think AMD, and I'm distracted, so I'm forgetting the seventh one. What did I say? Amazon, Google, Microsoft, oh, Apple. Apple's the seventh one. So if you take them out of the stock market charts, the rest of the stock market has actually been declining. But if you put them back in, it looks like the stock market is doing well. 
that's how much AI in particular has um, created this sort of hype bubble that has a lot of people thinking AI is going to kind of save the economy and save profits in particular. So um, that's what's going on right now. But, you know, and we covered AI and the sort of possibilities of AI 10 years, 20 years down the line, which raises a lot of questions that our society is not even remotely prepared to address. But um, beyond that, in the short term, AI has, the proof of concept for AI has been rolled out. You can make pictures, you can make videos. It's really good at coding. If you ask it to like code, it's really good at computer code. Um, you know, even writing, it's terrible at jokes, but it can do a lot of other kinds of writing. Um, so like proof of concept is here. AI works. Generative AI does work. Is it great? No, but for the first time, this thing is here and it works. So as far as the actual profit generating applications of AI, that's not really fully rolled out yet. There are some, uh, early applications of it, which are still sort of being tested and optimized and et cetera, but it has not resulted in the profits that people are hoping for. Now it could, it could result in those profits, but th that still remains to be seen. So a lot of those companies in that Magnificent Seven I just talked about are on the software side. And those are more speculative because they are testing out uses of AI, a lot of which are going to fail, some of which will work. But the ones that are doing really well are like NVIDIA. Why? Because they make the hardware. And so this is like, um, I remember somebody talking about musical instruments one time, where you really make the money is selling the dream. So that's why there'll be a lot of like starter guitar, like starter instruments, because a lot of people will pick it up, play it for a year and then kind of like, you know, doesn't click and, and whatever. But, you know, they made that two hundred, three hundred dollar sale. And so it's about selling the dream, um, you know, or now it's like, you know, selling plugins and music software and, you know, you be a producer, stuff like that. Anyway, the point is selling the hardware is the guaranteed money. So that's why like NVIDIA is doing really well, for example. It's up to the rest of these companies. Can they find applications for the software that they're running on these chips to that, you know, can actually do anything? Um, and then speaking of hardware, I keep wanting to do some more coverage of the U.S.-China chip war that kind of pivots around Taiwan. Just haven't gotten into it. Uh, if people have links on that. Please do send them in. I'll definitely put them in the pile that I am uh, compiling. But... Uh, yeah, there's a big war of the U.S. trying to keep the most advanced chips out of the hands of Chinese companies. Just a simple case of industrial competition. Um, and uh, yeah, chips, they're important. I guess that, that's what I'm trying to say here. But yeah, when cheap loans stopped being available, as you know, there was for a long time recently a lending environment where, you know, as long as you were wearing pants, <laughs> like they would give you a loan. Um and they didn't really care too much about the particulars. Now, the lending environment is becoming much more restrictive. Companies that previously were getting really easy loans now are having to deal with higher interest rates and tighter lending standards. They may not be able to get a loan, or if they do get a loan, it's going to be at a higher interest rate that they maybe can't afford. Again, that's going to really be coming home to roost in 2024, and especially in 2025 and on. Uh, there's more corporate debt. They're uh, referred to it as a debt wall. It's actually going to hit in the EU probably before it hits in a major way in the U.S. 
but there's a ton of corporate debt that is going to be coming up for renewal at much higher interest rates this year and next. And uh, that's going to force a lot of companies out of business and then a lot of workers are going to get laid off, such as capitalism. I'm not a scientist, uh, but I have a degree and I found the scientific skeptic community is great for following the evidence where it leads despite ideology. Science-based medicine is a great place to look. What is science-based medicine? Is it a is it a is it like a reddit thing is it a facebook group what is it here let me put that in science based i mean you know evidence based medicine is is definitely a thing but uh you mean or so are you referring to sciencebasedmedicine.org oh it says they're focused on quackery you got to watch that because there's a lot of stuff that gets labeled as quackery that isn't i mean there quackery exists but um some of these people are a little too gung-ho on, uh, you know, it's one thing to be critical of science. It's another thing to have some awareness about, um, well, or criticism of the social factors that shape what is considered, uh, or like what the processes are in determining what is legitimate and what isn't. So something to keep in mind. Game developers are one of the most exploited groups of workers. Crunch culture is the standard operating procedure in game development. Sega and Atlas Workers recently formed a union. I saw that. Sega is refusing to bargain in good faith. Yeah. About COVID, even though I got seizures, I was getting them under control about a year ago, but I still have to deal with the brain fog. So yeah, this is somebody who got seizures after COVID, and that's a recognized um, complication or sequela from getting COVID, is developing seizures you didn't have before. Do you want that? Because I don't. I definitely don't want seizures, you know? Almost every day I'll be in the middle of thinking, talking, and whatever it was I thought or said is just whisked away. It's a pain in the ass. That's exactly what happened to me. I referred to it in a previous stream. We jointly, <laughs> the chat and I, came up with um, the term wall-mastered. I got wall-mastered after the Legend of Zelda villain that will very unfairly grab you. A hand just comes out of the wall and yanks you back to the beginning of the level. That was exactly the mental image I was getting. Because I, I would have a thought. It would be there. I'd be thinking it. And I would go to speak it or whatever. And it would just be yanked. Gone. I, all I would know was that I was thinking something, but I would have no idea what it was. It was very unfair, and it just made me think. Of playing The Legend of Zelda when I was a little kid. Funny how things stay with you. I hope that we start seeing more unions forming in games. I have friends who work in the industry too, and the amount of unpaid overtime that's expected of them is ridiculous. It's just simply expected. On the other hand, tech bros have a particularly bad case of false consciousness. Yeah, because they went down the road of just like pure science and math, no social science courses at all nothing like that you know they like worship elon musk or whatever and so they're getting exploited and they're completely uh unprepared to even recognize it and you know i don't know that sort of unbalanced stem only education and then a lot of the people will be like stem supremacists where like nothing else is valid you know i i knew one person that worked in stem didn't have the most basic grasp and an intelligent person, but 
didn't have the most basic grasp of the simplest social and political topics, referring to literally anything other than science and math as, quote, liberal arts. I mean, just what a fucking doofus. I've worked with food, not bombs. We always got messed with by cops. Yeah, actually, so that was um, when I was, saw the Food Not Bombs founder speaking. Uh, he said that they got stopped at an airport one time by airport security, who said, we got a tip that you are part of the terrorist group, the, vi uh, the violent terrorist group Food Not Bombs. And he's like, it's in our name. It says literally food, not bombs. <laughs> like... Uh, again, what I was saying about critical thinking. Though I don't think anyone has accused cops of being overly sharp. The police are the biggest problem for our homeless here. It's disgusting. Yep. I'm in Salt Lake City. The police raid camps and just throw people's stuff in the trash. How's that for public safety? Is it illegal to collect rainwater in the U.S. as well? Um, you know, I, I think it is in some areas that might be drought prone. I, do, I don't know much about that. Biden never absolved the student loan debt. He could do it with an executive order and they can't reverse that because it's Department of Education thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Biden. So, yeah, Biden won the New Hampshire primary via write in. I don't know who the 20,000 chumps or 18,000 chumps were that showed up to write in Biden. I mean, the DNC doesn't listen to their primaries anyway. Um, terrible party. If you're in the Democratic Party, get out of the Democratic Party. Uh, just just really crazy. But actually, I was going to post on the community tab. I want to remind people, Biden said he would not run for a second term. I mean, the, the guy just lies. The promises mean absolutely nothing. Oh, good. You quit your therapist timeline can't believe my therapist kept telling me I was dead inside for not wanting to die from COVID. Yeah, people need to realize if you're seeing a therapist and your therapist is saying fucked up things, you don't have to stay with that therapist, you know? And there are a ton of terrible therapists out there. Also, therapists have a code of ethics they need to follow and stuff like that. If they're not following it, they shouldn't be a therapist and uh, something to keep in mind. I'm helping to start a local club for an organization in my area. Do you have any resources for organizing best practices or tips for community organizing? That is way too broad of a question for me to try to tackle in a stream like this. You'd be better off just starting to do, you know, search engine results, honestly. I, I don't know what the organization is. I don't know what your area is. It's just kind of way too broad. So the uh, wall mastering, that's how I feel regularly with ADHD. After I had COVID, it was worse. I couldn't maintain long-term thought. I still struggle with it. Elon Musk is based. I'm sorry, you don't deserve to contribute to this chat. Getting right-wingers into saving the planet and buying a Tesla. Buying a Tesla does not save the planet. Um, I mean, a lot of those Tesla fuel stations are just literally powered by, like, diesel generators. I don't know how people come up with this stuff. Also, no, right-wingers are not interested in saving the planet. Technology is not going to end global warming. That's it's not how any of this works. The six months I worked directly under my engineering department, 
was really eye-opening. Very book smart, but zero street smarts, or I guess we could say social awareness either. Yeah, police don't think critically. I mean, if they did, they wouldn't be police. STEM lords, that's a good one. I'm using that. Regarding STEM lords, STEM supremacists who have no social awareness, that's a major deficit in our education if otherwise intelligent people can't grasp that there are scientifically observable economic forces and accompanying social outcomes, or why they should care about it. Yep. Excellent term, STEM lord. I'm definitely running with that. I will be teaching in STEM very soon. While I'm looking forward to it, yes, I've seen a ton of these people, and I'll do what I can to make sure that the younger STEM folks get some proper socialization. I mean, do what you can, but I'm sure that the cultures that they're involved with online are completely toxic, so be careful. A labor union being anti-communist is suspect at best. I mean, there have always been reactionary uh, labor unions, but yeah, that's, I mean, not something we would support. We do want to see overall growth of the labor movement, but also fighting for, but also fighting for communist ideology within them. Bit of an interesting tangent, I mentioned in another stream some time ago about this subreddit called rfoscad, which is a bunch of people discussing and showing builds of their 3D printed guns. Anyway, as many people may suspect, the place is filled with fascists. I would also assume every third person is a cop in there. But since the sub is about being FOSS or free and open source software, many of the people there give links to their 3D print files. So I downloaded a bunch of them as a just-in-case. Uh, I imagine 3D printed guns will probably be a norm sooner than we may realize. Um, aren't there efforts to outlaw that? I, I'm behind on that discussion, but 3D printed gun legal. Uh, this is going to be... So it is legal to 3D print a gun... As long as the individual complies with all federal and state laws regarding firearms manufacturing and possession, but some states have specific regulations or bans. So, yes, but with uh, asterisks. Okay. I think if they become um, very common, there will probably be a lot more legislation about them. I will be leaving a formal complaint against the therapist that called me dead inside. I'm just waiting to find another at the moment. Good for you. Uh, don't put up with that shit. <laughs> Tesla randomly crushing people, helping us, sure. Yeah, um, I, I think that the best introduction of Elon Musk or, like, job title I heard was Exploding Car Salesman. Twitter has a huge throttling issue regarding non-blue checks and anyone who has less than 10,000 followers and isn't constantly posting. I've noticed that, I mean, you really do have to post a lot to get any attention in the algorithm there. So, yeah. Just found your channel. Welcome. Been doing a lot of party work here as I'm in between work. I link to the audiobooks frequently. They've been helpful for me, too. Glad to hear it. There's a lot of people who consider themselves on the left that listen to the deep program. I think calling out supposed communists for wrong theories could be worthwhile. I know. I just... I don't know if I have the stomach for it at this point. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired of, like, critiquing nonsense. I, but it's because there's nothing good happening. I mean, just objectively, there's a lot of bad news. We're, you know, just, we're in, like, Joe Biden is running for election again. 
The pandemic is just in its second highest wastewater levels ever. Um, there's a ton of just bad news, and I'm just fucking tired. You know, I, I know I'll get a second win, but I'm just telling you, I'm just really tired. I think this last year was just crushing, and uh, probably be a little bit before I really bounce back from it. I don't know how Lennon did it, arguing and rehearsing that same shit over and over again, Iron Will for real. Well, Lennon also was like, I mean, the head of an actual serious party and movement. So, I mean, Lennon could see substantial benefits. Lennon wasn't just shouting into the void. You know, there was actual real work being done. So I think that's that's a big difference. Um, do I think this whole thing could grow into a serious political movement? I hope so, because that's really the point of why why I'm trying to do this. You know, I'm trying to be Johnny Appleseed here, sprinkling things about that hopefully will grow into something. So, yeah, I, I, I do think so. Um, yeah, I think it's just I think it was just a rough year. You know, like I said, I'll get a second win, but just kind of been feeling it uh, more acutely recently. Black Redguard is correct when he says that the majority of socialists today are crypto Kautskyites. The situation is terrible. I've done what I can, but I feel like it's either organized with those reformist opportunists or go nowhere. I mean, that is where we're at. Yes, that is where we're at currently, and we have to keep pushing for correct positions. The Internet is tiring us all out, and those with good foundations are thirsting for something more real. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. The ongoing pandemic and the genocide in Palestine is fucking me up too. I think, the, yeah, those are honestly, those are like some of the top three or top five things going on. Get into knitting Reddit drama. I, I honestly, honestly, now, now that we're talking about it, I am so sick of fucking YouTube. I'm sick of the internet. It's not even YouTube. I'm sick of the internet. I'm sick of using the goddamn internet like every day. I've actually, in my personal life, I've been taking more of a break from just watching random trash and like just shutting the computer off. I've been doing that a lot more. I think actually some of that's where this is coming from is I'm just sick of the internet, like period. So yeah. And it's hard when you're sick of the internet, period, and you run a channel and all this stuff. I've been a long-time listener and viewer since last March because I would listen at work. I've since gotten a new job, and I'm happy I can be here on Thursdays now. What got my engagement initially was the current events and analyzing of modern conditions through a Marxist lens. So that's another thing. Uh, you know, we shared a couple of things today in the news articles. Um, I feel like as of a few months ago, everything has been Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. And I've covered that a lot because it is really important. Like, I'm not complaining that everything has been about Palestine. But that's been, like, the main thing going on. And I feel so helpless watching it. It's so horrible. And I feel like I just... Uh, you can get a lot of vicarious trauma just by reading the news and watching the videos of that. I, I Actually, that has a lot to do with the sort of overall down downgrade in morale. That's another factor. So, in other words, uh, going out and looking for articles, I, I, I'm reluctant to even go out there and try to read the news because it's like there's some really horrific stuff that, again, after doing this for four years, it's like 
just kind of shying away from temporarily. The only projects I'm doing is union stuff, which we actually got one of my guys in as a shop steward. Excellent. Politsturm, which I've distanced myself from for personal reasons and making leftist music. I don't know what there is to talk about outside of the stuff I've already mentioned here. Yeah, um, that was another thing. It was like, uh, I thought Politsturm was an anti-revisionist organization. Turns out they're not. And uh, that they were trying to do this left com, like both sides in Gaza, trying to call Palestine Israel... Um, I'm, I'm sorry, like, you shut down your website. Like, you're trying to call Palestine-Israel an inter-imperialist conflict. Why? Because Iran voices some support? Iran is not a meaningful participant in the imperialist um, world system. Have they reached a stage of advanced capitalism? Yeah. Do they export capital? Not really. Like, they're not really at that stage of it. Um, so, I mean, as far as their development, no, they're not a major player in the world imperialist system at all. And it's just, like, wild the stuff people come up with. That was another really depressing turn this year. I think after a certain amount of regrouping, something will hit me. Like, I'm confident enough in my own process that, you know, it, it'll pass. I don't mind some suggestions. Sometimes that can... Uh, go on a good track i think i'm just fucking fed like i'm just sick of it all right now and i gotta digest that before i kind of move on to doing anything else so anyway uh yeah that politsturm thing that was really depressing because i was steering people towards politsturm and then they shit the bed with that palestine take it's like fucking it's unreal that was really incredible uh maybe doing a monthly stream instead of every two weeks you know i think in a way the streams are good for me so i feel like I was doing them every week for a while. It's the editing where I really get caught up. I was thinking of doing a monthly stream specifically, so that, that may become a thing, John. Yeah. I think I found my place in the movement in a lot of practical work, as much as I like speaking. I know it can be a little impaired at times, so doing things on the ground is where I'm focusing my energy. Yeah, that's the thing for me. I haven't done as much... Um, most of my energy has been going into the channel, which I know I'm reaching a lot of people. It's really good, but I do crave some more uh, boots on the ground work. I have done some boots on the ground work uh, recently, but um, and that was just good to check in with. I do still feel like I can make the most impact with this channel right now. Um, not everybody can do that. I'm one of the ones that can, and the channel is growing, so like that's great. I do want to stick with that. Um, I guess, I guess I, to put it this way, it seems to me like, yeah, there's a lot of readings I could keep doing and whatever. I probably have the least sense of clear focus about the direction to head in with the channel that I've had in the whole four years of doing this. Like, I've always had a sense of like, oh, I'll do this, then this, then this. And maybe I do need a break because I've been doing it for four years, not not just because I'm tired, but it's just, I've done a lot of the things I set out to do with this channel. You know what I mean? Um, like, it's been established. Like, we, we got the almost 400 audiobooks up. We've done two years of live streaming now. I mean, there's a body of work. I've satisfied a lot of my questions and curiosity about, you know, communist theory and communist history. Um, I know that there's an ongoing need for the sort of, 
you know, content to stay flowing to keep on a practical level for this to keep influencing people because just this isn't really about my just it doesn't end with my curiosity in the end have to keep teaching but that said um you know this is a passion project believe me i don't get well while i do need the money that comes in from the patreon it's not the kind of money where that's like the soul not even that's uh that's not why i'm doing this and never was why i was doing this I didn't actually really get paid at all for the first two years of doing this channel, so it's it's really not about that. Um, it's passion. Like, e even if I was getting a higher level of support without... I mean, it would ha the <laughs> support would have to be three or four times higher for me to be able to do this without passion. Let me put it that way. So it's nowhere near that zone. This is a passion project. That's why I do it. The support is great. It lets me spend more time on it. But... It's uh, not why I do it. It's important, but if if I wasn't into this, I would need to literally be getting like three or four times as much money um, to be able to do this without being like personally moved by it. So therefore, the way that the channel is, when my passion dips or just when I'm not feeling it, it shows up. It seems to me like the internet is more full of crap than ever, and that's saying something. I don't know, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of fucking going online and reading and feeling like I'm having the same conversations and watching nothing change or watching things get worse, you know, watching things change for the worse. So again, at some point that'll click back into focus, but uh, yeah, it's really depressing right now. It's really depressing. Yeah, it's an election year. There's a genocide going on at the same time. I mean, there's the pandemic going on that we're not allowed to talk about anymore. It's been stressful. That That's really what I'm talking about, so... You know, we were talking in one of the recent streams that I was editing about, like, unprocessed trauma and grief. You know, it could just be that my brain went, hey, we're starting a new year, let's just take a breather. I think that's uh, some of it. I think the internet has simultaneously brought people together, but also further alienated people from each other. So revolutionary agitation becomes more and more difficult. We, we live in a world of signs and symbols instead of reality. Yeah, there's so much mediation rather than, like, raw interaction. Um, noisy as hell. It gets oppressive. It gets oppressive. Writing stuff on my own. Do you mean, like, communist theory videos and stuff like that? I feel like, for me, just all I really want to do... I don't really want to do that. Um, I'm more than content to read, you know, a half an hour audiobook and tack on five or ten minutes of comments. That's all I really need to do in terms of, like, communist theory, so. On Multipolarista, they have an economist on regularly, Michael Hudson, who claims to have been a Trotskyist uh, red diaper baby, but he worked on Wall Street for major banks, par for the course with Trotskyism, um, and wrote stuff for the president and Pentagon, was a member of the Hudson Institute, a neocon think tank that's really sus that's why I say I'll be coming for Ben Norton eventually, because of stuff like that. But I think we got to keep working our way up. I definitely feel you on feeling helpless about Palestine. It's bad. Yes. Yemen stepping up when others won't has been inspirational. Boosted my morale a bit. Wow. HP says that they're sending out firmware updates that will brick your printer if you use third-party ink 
because hackers access your network through ink cartridges. Wow. Um, printer ink is one of the biggest scams that there is. That's all I'll say about that. That's wild. I agree with hating the internet, to be honest. Yeah. I like that we're getting into this today because you know what? It is the dead of winter. It's time to reach inside. It's time to do some reorganizing because coming up soon is the season of spring cleaning and, you know, and, and, and getting it all out and purging and turning a new leaf and all that kind of stuff. Really, really starting a new year in the spring as, as all the life reemerges, you know? But yeah, we are, we are under the winter uh, conditions right now. It is a time to do deep introspection, see what's going right and what's going wrong. I think that's just, you know, that's just where I'm at. It's good to have this discussion, though. Are there any good AI video editing programs? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I see AI videos. There's various channels on YouTube that will just make funny, like, nightmarish AI stuff. I haven't gotten into that myself. Somebody else adds, AI video editing sounds useful, maybe not left to its own accord, but guided properly, it would save tons of time. Yeah. I think we need a solid party or an international movement to participate in. And that's, I mean, again, when I was steering people towards Politster, it's like, oh, here's something real you can do. Never mind. Or, you know, it's just different things. So I will say this, um, the Hojaist currents are tiny. I feel like programmatically, ideologically, that's the closest stuff that I am leaning towards right now, but uh, the, the groups tend to be very small. That said, I mean, I know that people from American Party of Labor listen to what we're doing here. I'm happy to have those folks here. And uh, I, haven't, I, I know that they did some article about gun control people really didn't like. Other than that, I don't know of any other thing that they've majorly fucked up on. I haven't read that article uh, myself. You mentioned in one of your recent shorter pieces that you were going to get into a section of videos where you focus on revisionism. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. Right now I'm doing catch-up readings that were sort of referenced in footnotes and stuff like that. Uh, once we're done with that, yeah, there is some other stuff, like planning to do Imperialism and the Revolution by Hojo, which is like theory and practice of the revolution is the short piece about Dungist revisionism. Imperialism and the Revolution is the longer piece, it's like eight hours on, you know, Deng Xiaoping era uh, Chinese revisionism. I definitely want to do that, uh, do some Bill Bland uh the restoration of capitalism in the USSR. Just trying to get through these like catch-up readings first. Who knows? Maybe I'll I'll skip over them. It does get like a little dry, to, even to me after a while. And I like going for those juicier pieces. So, lucky for me, COVID took my job, my hobbies, and my health. All I got is riding my e-bike around doing mutual aid work solo because none of the orgs here mask, so I don't trust them. I hear you. I mean, I know what it's like to be on just the outs, you know? And uh, that's part of it, too. This pandemic has fucking just killed me for not being able to do stuff in the world. You know, again, there's different levels of this. <laughs> there's um, 
the Karens that were shrieking after two weeks because they couldn't go get their hair and nails done. Then there's me being like, you know, it's been four years and it's finally starting to wear on me. I think this 2023 was the year it started really wearing on me that I just really want to avoid doing most activities. And it's getting to the point for me where it's that's actually like wearing on me finally. At first, it was actually hugely refreshing, uh, in a way, um, to just have a reason to not do things. But I'm actually at the point where, like, I, I need a life again, for sure. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of depressing, you know, that it's, that it's not safe and nobody gives a fuck. And we're currently in the second highest burst of COVID ever. And people are like, what's your mask for? I, I just, I don't know. You know, this is not the situation I thought we would be in entering 2024 back in 2020 or even 2021. Back in 2021, like uh, until like Delta uh, and or even in Delta, I was doing okay. It was not really until Omicron for me that I was like, oh, we're really fucked. But uh, even in Delta, I was like, eh, I got vaccinated. I can just wear a mask. Like, I'm fine. I, I didn't really have, I didn't like fear COVID at that point, you know? And then it's like Omicron came out. It was just total unmitigated spread in 2022. And I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe they were just letting it all fall apart again. I couldn't believe it. And maybe it's just the optimist in me. Maybe it's just me projecting my own good intentions towards, you know, other things in this world. I couldn't believe watching Omicron that we had made all the progress that we made in 2020 and 2021 and watch it all fall apart from, you know, December and January 2021, 2022 on. It fell apart. The public health response fell apart. And now, again, second highest COVID spread ever. Where's it going to be next year? Where's it going to be the, the year after that? It's probably just going to keep getting worse. Like, because that's literally... Let me put the thing back up on the screen. You know, people are like, COVID is over. It's literally worse than ever. I don't know how people come up with the it's getting better thing. It's 2022 was way worse than any previous year. And then, you know, we had a lull again, but not as big of a lull as 2021. And now second highest, uh, you know, spread ever. Like, why do we think it's over exactly? Um, so... I, I don't know. That for me, I guess I just keep thinking that there will be, sanity will prevail and it just keeps not prevailing. You know what I mean? Things keep surprising me in terms of the ways that they're getting fucked up. Like we had it. We had the pandemic response. It was going well. I was feeling like ready to re-enter society. I had a school program I was planning on doing. And then they were like, now in the midst of wild spread this huge spike with omicron we're gonna have in-person classes again you're gonna do what that as much as i know about this system it never stops hurting it never stops shocking me you know what i mean um just watching this unfold it just sucks i'm really sick of it i can't imagine the internet lasting in this form much longer you know that's a good point um, I think they're starting to build AI into the search engines because the internet is so complex that trying to even find what you're looking for, it's like, will you be able to do it? 
you know, we, we may have to go back to using web rings again, like directly linking to people or having networks of that. Because can you even find things in search engines? No. Now the search engines just summarize it for you. I mean, I thought Wikipedia was bad. Wikipedia is good at some things. Anything controversial, it tends to really be awful. Um, but uh, yeah, now it's like a search engine is just going to summarize a topic for you. And what is that? But yeah, there's so much content online trying to actually find anything. That's going to be the new challenge. And again, AI is going to start stepping into the middle of that process more and more. So I, I don't know what other forms it's going to take, but that is a, a very good uh, thought as far as areas to speculate on. I actually thought it was really refreshing last spring and summer when we were talking about AI. That was kind of an interesting topic that kept me uh, engaged for a while. And... Yeah, we may be on the precipice of huge changes with the internet. I don't know. I'd say the internet legit used to be better. A lot of the algorithms really try to push you towards certain things and against others. There was a big change in the YouTube algorithm uh, four or five years ago, I think, where it just stopped working. Like, you, you can type... If, if you use the YouTube search engine, it'll just give you Fox News, CNN, and other, like, really big news channels... Whereas if you use an independent search engine and just do like site colon youtube.com, you get completely different, much more accurate search results. So yeah, like YouTube's search engine is kind of unusable, for example. It doesn't help that Midwestern Mussolini has classes and a large audience for them to grift off of hot button issues. It's sad that they have the following that they have and people willing to learn Dungus bullshit from them. I got to think that they're pumping up their numbers to a certain extent artificially, but yeah, that guy objectively, I mean, Eddie, the kind of like main guy, I know there's other people there, but objectively like just sucks. I, I don't know who this audience is. And I have a feeling that it, the same audience would not be interested in what we're doing because they just want their little conservative belly scratched. That's what I think really is going on there. Hey, you can be a Marxist without actually changing any of your views. I think that's kind of the thing. Because that was the guy. He was uh, getting all bent out of shape, Eddie, about uh, mentioning that the U.S. is a settler colonial society. Yeah, I, I just don't want to hear anything else that a person that gets upset about that has to say. I don't know. I think that until the DNC is destroyed or taken over, well, it's not going to be taken over. The left will continue to be death. They take energy away from the left. I mean, I, I think it's not so much personally. I, mean, I agree generally that the left has a huge problem with the Democratic Party as far as getting co-opted by it. But I think it's not so much that the DNC takes energy from the left, but that the left gives it energy. Like a lot of that is a willing donation. It needs to stop. There's nothing left about the Democratic Party. It's an imperialist party. All the, quote, bread tubers besides S4A and Finnish Bolshevik are bad, in my opinion. To be totally honest, that's... I, I actually do see Finnish Bolshevik as doing very similar stuff. And obviously was doing it for like six years before I came along. Um, when I look at other channels that are actually doing something I respect, yeah, it's a very short list. And I think... Finnish Bolshevik is the closest to the kind of stuff that I've settled on doing because because I think it's good content. 
Um, so I think Finnish Bolshevik is also doing good content. And I think this is what we need. And you know what? I don't think there's a huge appetite for it. Um, you know, Finnish Bolsheviks a lot more established, gets a lot more views. Also publishes, you know, see, if, if I was publishing videos once every two weeks, they would get a lot more views because people would just all flock to that one. Instead, I'm posting multiple times a week and a lot of people just pick and choose what they read and, uh, or, you know, like listen to from the audiobooks. And... Yeah, but like I said, it, it's a very short list. It's a very short list. I noticed on Hakim's channel, he took down a lot of Soviet history videos that were explainers that helped push me toward communism and away from anarchism. Yeah, uh, people say that all the time, that he's like deleted a lot of stuff on his channel. Why? That is so suspect. I, I've made some old stuff private because it was like commentary on like Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. You know what I mean? Like, I've taken down some old commentary. I did three chapters out of uh, Xi Jinping's Governance of China. And then as I got to the third chapter, I was just like, that was awful. I'm going to stop reading this. And then I just took it off the channel completely. There's 800 other videos, you know. I mean, I have privated some of the like very old like 2020 commentary because it's just it's not like relevant anymore. But yeah, it's not Soviet history videos or whatever. And that's so fucking suspect to me. So I, but I don't know why. Like, I don't know what's going on. I just know it's like really weird and uh, taking down quality content. So I don't know. Hakeem was saying it was a YouTube bug. What? No, people have been saying that for months. The ads are driving people to bread tubing. Yeah, here's what I definitely want. I want to see somebody go on with some video essay about, you know, the cultural relevance of, like... Anyway, I don't, I don't even know what. This, BreadTube is, like, the fucking worst. It's such a fuck... It's such a... BreadTube being the worst, it's such, a, like, a waste of time. People doing, like, 40-minute video essays on the most fucking, like, inane chatter. <laughs> like, it's just so bad. Midwestern Marx, I feel, needs to be challenged more than Hakeem. But that doesn't mean that Hakeem doesn't need to be put in his place. Hakeem has a much bigger audience, and I think is much smarter and more subtle about what he's doing than Midwestern Mussolini. Also, I feel like Midwestern Mussolini is in that same space as the Infracell and, like, all that shit. And it's like, if I have to do one more fucking video explaining why this is wrong, I think my head's going to burst, you know? You were an, oh, hey, Ray Rasa, the person who is responsible for S4A being on Blue Sky. You were an invaluable resource throughout all of my Marxist education. Thanks for all you do. Definitely. And yeah, I mean, we'll be posting like three or four streams plus two short audiobooks in the next coming days. This is not me like uh, in any way like thinking. I'm, I'm just trying to catch my breath. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to catch my breath and... Um, just figure out, you know, what needs to be done this year. As we go into year five, I have my audiobooks picked out, but, like, what, what battles need to be fought? Not having work for all of January honestly has been really good for my mental health since 2023 was a very traumatic year for me in my personal life. Yeah, I feel like for me, nothing, well, I don't know. It was a difficult year, for sure. Both with just the pandemic dragging on and just some other kind of just stuff coming up. I saw posts about people feeling nostalgia from when the internet was a place, like when you had a home computer 
or a place you have to sit down to access it. I mean, that's mostly what I do. Phone screens are way too small and it's just so much easier to like use a mouse and like and a laptop screen and a full-size keyboard. So I strongly prefer that. But yeah, it's become like people's second brain in a way that I think is unhealthy. Do you have reading about Hoja and his thoughts on Mao? I saw online he considered Mao to be a revisionist. Yeah, so this is... Um, we had a little bit of a discussion about this in another stream. I wound up cutting it for the file because, I don't know, I gave a very long answer. But yeah, this is one of the criticisms of Hoja. Like, he's not wrong in identifying Chinese revisionism clearly. What some people took an issue with about where Hoja laid blame for that was that, uh, I mean, some of his criticisms were that the Communist Party of China was never properly formed along Marxist-Leninist lines, that they permitted too many left deviations in the party, and that some of them came from Mao directly. So some people take issue with Hoja for like laying too much of the blame on Mao, but we'll, we'll read Imperialism and the Revolution, which is the long version, but again, we do have up on the channel already Theory and Practice of the Revolution, which is the short version of Hoja on Mao and the Communist Party of China. I just finished reading Black Shirts and Reds through your audiobook and a PDF. It's a great read. Now on to State and Revolution. I have to admit, though, it is easier reading Parenti because it's more modern writing. Yeah, um, that's why I kind of stop and do my comments and stuff like that. I mean, I was really learning this stuff in a deep way when I was doing a lot of these audiobooks, so those comments are as much for me as for, or for people in the same place that I was as anything. I feel like I don't do as many comments now because I just kind of get it more when I'm reading it. Those comments would help me kind of just parse the material to a certain extent. So, I mean, you'll have help with State and Revolution. Uh, and also, I find Lenin pretty easy. Once you get in a groove with Lenin, he's pretty easy to understand. And postmodernism is is annoying, yeah, for sure. I have a new left thing about revisionism in the CPUSA. You might enjoy it if you ever have time to get around to it. I'll DM it to you. Thank you. For the chat, too. Well, I'll just get it here. So, all right, I opened your link. Thank you. The CIA made a handbook on how to destroy an organization. It's called the Simple Sabotage Field Manual. Yeah, they definitely do try to disrupt organizations. Um, should probably just do an audiobook of that, honestly, for uh, how to for people knowing, you know, what to be on the lookout for. COVID has been so demoralizing for me because it just feels like we failed so much. Even socialist-leaning governments are trying to ignore it. At least with Palestine, there's some resistance happening. I mean, not enough, but I don't know. I don't know that I would use Palestine as the at least in there, but yes, I fully agree with your first. It's demoralizing. And just watching U.S. society accept another round of really bad, you know, life and wellness jeopardizing conditions. Terrible. I mean, I'm just, I'm so fucking sick of it. Meanwhile, we have an across-the-board cost-of-living crisis that barely anyone is saying a word about. Oh, what's this socialist COVID organization you posted about? I'm definitely interested. So that is called SCORE, and yes, I just made a post about it on the community tab. And so, actually, that's somebody who's been listening to S4A for uh, quite a while and is active on COVID issues is involved with SCORE. 
And basically, it's just socialist. Uh, let's see. I'll read a little bit from the website. So, SCORE is Socialist COVID-19 Organizing Resistance and Education. They have their points of unity on the site. Points of unity are people before profit, precaution takes precedence, one shared struggle for the dignity and equality of all, and SARS-2 COVID-19 is an ongoing pandemic mass disabling event. Maybe I'll read this uh, uh, in like the next stream or something. But yeah, they have a code of conduct and bylaws and about. And actually in the about section, as a couple of people mentioned, uh, they have a history of their organization there, which was basically wrecked early on, as happens with a lot of left groups. But they are, but they have rebuilt and they are continuing. I'll definitely read this in the next stream. Uh, but yeah, the website is socialist-core.org. Or go to the S4A community tab, and there's a link there. Actually, there's a hilarious comment from somebody, uh, because th they do a video call to talk to prospective new members. And so the video call is like 15 minutes. And they're just trying to screen out complete whack jobs, because the, um, the, uh, the organization got wrecked once early on. So they're trying to just talk to people. And somebody in the comments was like, Ah, uh, there's a video call? It's completely out. Phone calls take a lot out of me, so a video call is completely out of the question. I'm sorry, but on what basis were you thinking you were going to contribute to this organization if you can't handle a phone call? I mean, honestly. So, yeah. Uh, how many people have been getting the most recent booster? I don't know. You can look up statistics on that. I mean, those statistics are, are available. Less than 20% in the USA, somebody says. That sounds about right. People don't follow the actual facts. They just don't care. Well, so to put it this way, it's all about values, okay? It's a big thing in sociology, values. People, it's not that they don't care at all. It's that they care about other things more. So in their hierarchy of values, something else is taking precedence. And so they value something else more than they value whatever the implications of following the facts about COVID are. They are valuing something else more and they're letting that guide their behavior, that other, that something else. If you can figure out what that something else is and then have a conversation with them about it, there's a possibility of changing their mind or influencing their behavior, or rather influencing their values, which will then in turn influence their behavior. But yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think it's just a moment to bring up um, everybody has values and things that they do care about, uh, but sometimes they arrange them in a list order of priorities that doesn't really give such great outcomes, and this would be one of those cases. I'm convinced half the, quote, people you interact with on social media are bots anyways. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a couple of Mastodon accounts that are trying to bring WebRings back, the NeoCities website. I've been fun. Is NeoCities, is that like a GeoCities revival thing? I haven't heard of this. Looking it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a GeoCities revival. For people who don't know, GeoCities was like, when you made a Yahoo account, uh, you, they gave you like some free web space on GeoCities.com. The ruling class once again continues to use the threat of fascism to get the U.S. left to vote blue no matter who. 
Yeah, they're never going to not do that. Plus, did you hear about AI being used to impersonate Biden's voice to call voters and basically tell them not to vote? It happened in New Hampshire. I did hear about that. I did hear about that. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a Lenin audiobook. Let me get the title. So for people who want a quick Leninist take on bourgeois elections, elections and capitalism, go for The Attitude of the Bourgeois Parties and of the Workers' Party to the Duma Elections by Lenin, 1906. The Duma was the Russian parliament. So The Attitude of the Bourgeois Parties and of the Workers' Party to the Duma Elections, 1906 by Lenin. Excellent starting point. The bourgeois media is such a huge obstacle. What can we do to overcome such a huge problem? Well, that's a big topic. Um, I mean, you attack it, you criticize it, and you put out alternatives, and you counter the narrative and try to make your narrative the dominant one. You know, the capitalists have to spend billions of dollars on a day-to-day -day basis to keep people, you know, from questioning the system and to keep them in the dark. So, yeah. That is a weakness. I mean, it's a weak point that they have to spend so many resources on that. So take advantage of it. People are already learning to be skeptical of everything they read, see, and hear thanks to the sheer volume of bullshit out there. You know, so I, I've said this. I actually even started working on it one time. I've been meaning to do, and this is something I can do this year, uh, I've been meaning to do a critical thinking and uh, let me put that putting that back in my notes because it needs to be covered. It needs to be discussed because like I was saying in the uh, uncritical contrarianism video that we were talking about earlier about COVID, there's a difference between actually knowing how to evaluate reasoning and evidence logically, critically in other words, and just being a contrarian and being like, well, I don't trust anything. Well, yeah, but you got to make decisions eventually. And you can't just say, like, oh, it's all horseshit. No, some things aren't. And even, you know, habitual liars tell the truth sometimes. you got to be able to tell which are their lies and which are true statements. And so you've got to know how to critically evaluate reasoning, knowing, you know, logic, and then evaluating evidence. Is this a quality source? And so on. So, um, but, it, you know, it's more detailed than a lot of people know how to do. So what's happening with all the bots online and everything, because a lot of people have never had training in critical thinking, they're getting really flustered and just sort of giving up and they're being driven off the internet or they're taking up sort of wild contrarian politics. Like the flat earth thing in some ways is, is a sort of ludicrous and counterproductive protest against an actually real phenomenon of just things being like false so much um, again, not a constructive response, but it's like, that's, there was a flat earther that was saying like, whether the earth is flat or not is not the point. It's like, actually it is. But, uh, like if you don't believe that, then find a different way to express your crisis of confidence in the system and the information space and the media sphere, find a different way to protest that than, you know, putting out this absurd disinformation that the earth is flat. Um, but that's where it's coming from. It's from this crisis of confidence of people being basically driven to the point where they can't decide what's true and what isn't, just sort of collapsing, you know, giving up on it. 
The YouTube search engine is horrific. When you search, it gives you about five results and then starts giving you suggested and shorts. They're streamlining you away from actually finding things and would prefer you to just accept what the algorithm wants to feed you. No lies detected. The Green Party just won ballot access in Utah for this election. It felt good to dem exit. Yeah, and again, it's like, are the Greens going to win? I mean, not this time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's functionally a protest vote. Like, I think even if they won, they wouldn't let them win. But, yeah. The algorithm is super polarizing. If I watch an S4A video, it will recommend Bestie Marks or Finball. Good, but will also show me anti-communist shit. Not good. Deprogram likes Tito, too. Great. You said a few streams back that you view masking as a sign of rebellion. Framing it like that is cool. Seeing people mask at protests and wearing the kafia is awesome. Yeah, it's... So, like, there was somebody in the comments that said, um... On one of the COVID videos, they said, Oh, so this is a sheeple channel, unsubscribing. And I said, good riddance, fascist clown. The ironic thing about reactionaries calling people who wear masks now sheeple. I'm sorry, we're not the ones going with the flow. You are. <laughs> You're the one that wanted to go back to normal and everything else. Uh, and it's people who are actually protecting against the spread of COVID. That like, Do you hear any rhetoric coming from the government about doing this? No. Or from businesses? Like... They're the one, but this is libertarians. They're all turned around. It's this uh, crypto-fascist, you know, pseudo-anti-authoritarianism. Um, that That's what it's all about, is convincing people that they're doing something against the system when they're actually feeding directly into it. So, yeah. Like, what is actually supported by the dominant power in society? Is it masking? I don't think it is. They may tolerate masking, but they're certainly not promoting or even requiring it. Okay, what is this comment? What are your thoughts on how prevalent the law of contradiction is at the moment? I don't know what that means. Like, we're extremely stupid in that we, individuals and leadership, keep making the exact wrong move, but simultaneously contribute to the demise of capitalism. That's not... I don't know what you mean by that, but that's not really how it works. So, I mean, capitalism is a historical process that creates a large group of people who are disinterested in the long-term continuation of capitalism. So that's, that's how I would put that. Um, continuing, in other words, the time is coming for fundamental change. Revolutionary optimism and the law of contradiction is what gives me hope in believing the seemingly impossible will in fact become very much possible. Well, so capitalism becomes more unstable with time, but what's missing right now is class consciousness and organization. So... Uh, yes, capitalism creates the conditions which ultimately undermine it. In other words, it is born, it lives, and it dies. And it's not dead yet, but it is on the way down. It's definitely in decline. It has reached its apex, and it is just proletarianizing the world, and proletarians don't have a material interest in seeing capitalism continue. So it's it's digging its own grave in that way, but what's needed for the proletariat to actually take the final step and end capitalism is class consciousness and organization. So, anyway, I hope that answers the question. Finball is also one of the higher-ups in a communist party. I did not know that. 
I loved listening to the history of the CPSUB by Finball. 16 hours is a long reading. I listen while at work. I've probably listened to just about every audiobook you've put out. It's been very critical in my learning process. Excellent. I mean, me too. You know, I, it helps me too. Video essays piss me off. Why would I listen to you when I can read someone who said the same thing a hundred years ago, said it better, and probably in a shorter time? Bingo. Oh yeah, people using the purity fetish excuse for revisionism. We'll have to get into that. One Dime has become one of my favorite creators. Uh, I think he's been kind of fucking up lately. We were talking about that in the last stream. The Sith Rule of Two. I confess i do not know what that is i know it's from star wars but i don't know what it is makes a lot of sense with the clout goblins and wreckers out there i'll tell you that the unhoused here definitely appreciate my stoic nature and lack of a youtube channel but out hundreds of chemical heat pads over our latest freeze good for you and if you ever want me to share a fundraiser for your work i will definitely do that If a phone call is too much, how are you going to organize? Like, really? That was my exact reaction. <laughs> that was my exact reaction. I get being phone-averse, indeed, but come on. Any organization worth its salt is going to want to talk to you and figure out who you are, and if you're dedicated before letting you in. Organizations are not badges that you can flash to say, hey, look at me, I'm part of an org, I'm a socialist now. So let me put it this way. If just the threat of a video call is enough to screen that person out, then clearly the screening process is working, you know? The first step of avoiding a bot is not swinging at pitches in the dirt. All the development they've done, and the boys aren't too much better than HRCs in 2016. Block, block, block. You mean as far as getting rid of DNC trolls and bots? Yeah. Yeah, I just block now. I really, like a couple of years ago, I just started just blocking. Also, switching on YouTube to approve all comments, that I would say, if I could add one thing to my July 2021 YouTube tips, I would say, make your channel approve all comments. You will have to go through and click the little check mark to make the comments show up, but wow, will it be worth it. I work with a flat earther. He tried telling me a car needs a windshield to keep wind from getting in. Uh, but how come the Earth doesn't if it's moving that fast? Okay, so they don't understand. Um, that's I, I, in my mind, I'm seeing the Doctor Phil like where he's like, like staggering. <laughs> They're like, what? Oh, oh, what? That gif. So you don't understand that the atmosphere is moving with the Earth. <laughs> it's actually being turned by the Earth. That's incredible. How come the Earth doesn't need a windshield? So where you just don't understand frames of motion? Staggering. Lalbert playbook, project, project, project. A lot of the reason I believe the internet as it exists is going to implode is that the information people are actually looking for is often now behind an API, so the data on the server isn't getting crawled. I do see AI handling a lot of that kind of thing in the near future, so we'll still have the internet or whatever, but it's going to morph into something so dumb, and then there'll be a more expensive thing that will further stratify classes. 
Okay, people talking about what they like. Yeah, I, I tend to use DuckDuckGo or start page. I haven't used Perplexity AI. That's a new one on me. For scientific things. Thank you. It always lists its sources. All right. However, there's always that uncomfortable idea in the back of my mind that most of these models have been trained without the uh, consent of the material it was trained on. What about Brave search engine? I've been using that as I've been using Brave browser more to get around the YouTube ad block consistently. But um, I, don't, I don't think their search engine is great what, from what I've seen so far. All right, um, so we're at the end of the chat, and I'm going to call it there because we went long, as I always do, despite always saying I'm not going to go long. But um, I want to say, you know, I actually feel better. Some of that funk I was in, it actually lifted just by talking about it. It's amazing. It's almost like talking about your problems can actually help you, uh, you know, feel better about your problems. I actually feel like that really cleared the air. I, You know what it was? I felt like I've just been holding this in. Because I, I have been getting pretty bummed and like, you know, there wasn't any sort of major easy targets to sort of go after for teachable moments. Instead, the uh, Israel-Gaza thing has been very shitty and very there and I've covered it a lot, but um, it's kind of crushing just watching it and stuff uh, that's like been a major part of like shrinking back from it. But yeah, no, it's it's actually nice to kind of process some of this with you all. So I think at this point it's safe to say like you Twitch chat regulars have gone far beyond just sort of the uh, random drop-ins that I sort of had anticipated in the past or that we got more of in the past, where it was just kind of asking basic questions. Um, you know, and we haven't gotten a thoughts on China in a long time. We haven't gotten that in a long time. I know we're all of different ages and somewhat different, uh, you know, experience levels and education levels, and it's still really nice uh, chatting with you. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Hang in there, and we will see you in the next stream and the next video.